everybody. I'm Amy Scott. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. It is Friday, February 9th. Kai and Kimberly are both out today, so you're stuck with me and the one and only Nova Sappho. Hi, Nova. What a great person to be stuck with. Hi, Amy. Thanks for joining <laughs> us on the podcast and on the YouTube live stream. It's Friday, and that means it's time for Economics on Tap, the weekly happy hour episode, my favorite time of the week. Indeed. I feel like we uh, we earned it this week. Uh, so today we we're going to do some news, of course, and then we'll take a break and then play a round of half full, half empty. But before we get into it, Nova, what are you drinking? All right. Uh, this is um, from a winery in Sonoma Valley here in California, a winery called Letson. And it is a first blush, blush rosé wine gifted to me by a friend and colleague John Beers from the previous shop where I worked, Agence France Press. Um, I got it almost a year ago for my birthday. Uh, thank you, John. And I'm drinking it now and it's delicious. Well, that's nice. So you're not of the opinion that rosé is only for summer. I guess if you're in LA, you can kind of drink it. It's whenever. always summer. <laughs> it's always rosé time. In California. Yeah. Did you feel what that you earthquake, by the way? Are you uh, close enough? I'm not in the LA area, so no, I I did not. Oh, where um, are you? But I'm in the Central Valley, in the central part of California, okay. in the agricultural yeah. land at the moment. Um, and uh, I did, though, see the conversation, tech conversations back and forth among our colleagues who were a little. Did you? Did yeah, you some were rattled. Yeah. And others were. They were a little rattled. I was. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. It was a four-pointer. Well, it sounds like sakes. nobody was hurt, so that's that's. I good. mean, it was it was a four point six, I think, on the. Yeah, new I guess to you, California. That's not that's something nothing. to be rattled by. Yeah, no, no. Well, what do you? Drinking? I would have been rattled. So I'm drinking <laughs> a version of something called a Norwegian seventy-five, um, and this was inspired by my mom, who this summer went to Norway and Sweden and. Finland and she brought back some cloudberry jam. And so I was like, oh, that, you know, I know people make cocktails with jam. So what can I make with this? And so this is a, a mix of aquavit and vodka. I'm going to take it slow. It's a little boozy. Ooh, um, that looks and beautiful. Uh, it's supposed to be lemon juice, but I only had lime. And then instead of champagne, I used some, some dry cider. So it's kind of like a, a, a wow. riff on the Norwegian 75. So we'll see. That how it is, is a. That is a complicated drink. I'm impressed. For a Friday on deadline? Absolutely. I was trying, I was <laughs> How is it? Channeling Kimberly Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A, she she's a, a lot of ingredients. Hers are often complex and lovely. By the way, 10 points on that on that glass. That's a Oh, love thank you. Glass. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's really a little lovely. it's actually like a champagne Very bowl fancy. from a local Baltimore uh, shop. All right, so let's see on the YouTube chat what what folks are drinking. Let's see. We've got Someone says cloudberries are awesome, as are lingonberries and aquavit. Skull, indeed. Um, let's see. A lot of earthquake talk. Someone's drinking dragon's right? milk. Maybe in honor of the year of the dragon. That would be cool. What's dragon's milk? Uh, we've got um... cookies and popcorn, <laughs> the Friday afternoon snack of champions. Sounds awesome. And I think we've got a birthday in the, in the chat. Hmm? Debbie Donovan, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Debbie. Thanks for spending right, it with us. All right, should we get to Yeah, absolutely. Should we get to some news? Yeah, let's get... Let's do it. All right, you want to go all first? Right, uh, sure, sure. Um, so Janet Yellen was, at Capitol, was in Capitol Hill 
two days out of this week. Tuesday, she testified at a House Banking Committee hearing, Finance, finance Committee hearing, and uh, yesterday at a Senate Banking Committee hearing. And she didn't necessarily make any huge news, but she said what a lot of people have been thinking and anticipating, which is that we still have some ways to go to get out of the kind of commercial real estate loan what's the word quicksand situation that's the <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah uh that that's the one kai and i uh, were joking about yesterday where two you? days ago yeah were you guys talking about this well, we talked about a little bit about the the flashback to about a year ago when we were calling the regional banking thing, not a crisis, yes. but a situation. So, yeah. Right. And so we're kind of coming to the one year of that. And we just had a minor freak out on Wall Street uh, having to do with what was that? Uh, Nat New York Community Bank, uh, yeah. which came out in about, a, what, eight days ago or so and said, by the way, our loan losses and the provisions we're setting aside are bigger than we expected. They said one-time events, unusual events, but they had to do with commercial real estate. And so investors panicked. They've lost more than half of their stock value. They had to come out, I think on Wednesday and say the bank, we have enough capital. <laughs> but anytime a bank has to come out and say that, of course, is very bad news for that bank, even if it's true, um, because banking is all about trust in that institution and its ability to give you money when you need it. Um, right. So in any case, uh, so we're, it's almost sounding like a minor repeat. And what Yellen said this week at both at the House and Senate is she doesn't think there is a systemic risk to the financial system as a whole, um, which is good news. Uh, but she said she does think we're not out of the woods and the, and the smaller banks are definitely not out of the woods. So there could still be uh, plenty of losses at smaller institutions more need to be absorbed by others, by larger institutions, who knows, but they're definitely not out of the woods yet. And one thing she pointed to, which I thought was really interesting, is she pointed to non-bank mortgage lenders. So these are hmm. uh, companies like, uh, well, I'm naming these companies just because they are these mortgage lenders, not necessarily that they have this exposure. So I just want to make that clear. But, you know, Rocket Mortgage, Guaranteed Rate, these are non-bank mortgage lenders. You can go there, get a, get a mortgage. A lot of people do. I've used Guaranteed Rate in the past. Uh, the question is whether the types of these lenders that may have exposure to too much of the wrong kind of mortgages could end up in trouble because they don't have access to the same kind of capital and resources from the Fed, for example, that regular banks do in times of stress. So right. Yellen pointed to those specifically and said, we could see some trouble in that part of it. But again, not a systemic level of trouble. At least that's not what they are anticipating. Yeah. Well, and so far, the, the markets have kind of shrugged this off. Uh, mm -hmm. Am I right? I mean, it, it it doesn't seem to be having sparking the kind of contagion or fear that um, we we saw almost a year ago. Uh, but something it isn't, to watch for sure. It isn't uh, sparking the same kind of contagion, but we are definitely have seen some regional bank stocks take a hit. Yeah. In addition to New York Community Bank, we've seen shares come down a bit. But yes, we are not seeing that kind of panicked bank run, basically a digital bank run that we saw last year, uh, having to do with, you know, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature. All right. What do you well, got? 
switching gears, uh, just to talk about the labor force, the Wall Street Journal broke down data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics um, about the makeup of various professions by gender and race. And they have these really handy charts, very colorful. It's fun to look at. But there's some really striking differences or disparities in the labor force, even beyond what I think some of the stereotypes are. So let's start with gender. This data is still binary, male or female. There's not the nuance mm. that, that some might like to see. But overall, the workforce was roughly 47% women in 2023, 53% men. Um, but some professions are really skewed toward one or the other. So we know education and particularly early childhood education has long been dominated by women. But Nova, if you had to guess what percentage of preschool and kindergarten teachers are women, what do you think it would be? I mean... From my experience, although that was a while ago, I don't know, like 70, 80%. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, oh, it's actually 96.7%. Wow. <laughs> I know, it's really all. striking. That's crazy. I have to say my kids had a couple of male teachers, so they were the outliers apparently. Um, so I knew that yeah. was high, but I was I was really surprised by that. But that's not even the highest percentage. 99% of skincare specialists are women. And huh. I think this is more of a cosmetic job, like not dermatologists, but people who do body treatments, oh. face care and okay. stuff like that. So maybe not yeah. that surprising. Um, legal secretaries and administrative assistants, 96.4% female. Dental hygienists, almost wow. 96%. Speech language pathologists, 94%. Um, as the journal says in its its article, there are sociology textbooks to be written or worth of explanations for these numbers. Yeah. We're not going to go into that here, but I definitely recommend checking this out. Um, it's pretty interesting. And there are also some stark racial and ethnic disparities, um, of course, uh, professions that are dominated by men. Um, there are, though, a couple uh, that are sort of balanced according to the makeup of the workforce. And the professions that reflect the overall racial, ethnic, racial and ethnic makeup of the workforce um, were that I noticed were hairdressers and cosmologists, payroll <laughs> and timekeeping clerks, and human resource managers. So human there you go. Human resource managers. The HR folks have got it. Have got it figured out, which is good. They've got it somewhat in balance. Yeah, I mean, I feel yeah. like there are many marketplace stories to be done about the data in this. Story. That is interesting. Did, did, did it talk at all about how the data might have changed over the years, if at all? Not in this story. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that would be, be really interesting that, to see. Yeah, because the, the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, tracks all this stuff. So you could do some interesting yeah. comparisons. I, You know, it reminds me of when I was a kid, right? I mean, you do face well-meaning, but kind of pervasive signals of what boys are supposed to grow up to do and what girls are supposed to grow up to do. And I think if we've, we've gotten better over the decades of trying to counteract that and be aware of it and maybe try to avoid those kinds of signals at kids, uh, but it's still there, uh, I think. And yeah, and it, obviously really some of this is about choice about. and who you know and what you know is available to you, what might be mm -hmm. an easier position for a, a working mother, for example, to take. Um, mm -hmm, I think not too. all of this is that is that sort of bias we all grow up with. But yeah, I mean, the construction nice. industry, I've, I've done a lot of stories about how they're trying to get more women into the field. That's but right. in this data, so last year, 
99% of construction equipment operators were men. Almost as many pipe layers, masons, uh, bus and truck mechanics, and loggers. Um, so there's clearly work to do if wow. we want these workforces to be more diverse and make these often very well-paid jobs available to more women. Yeah, for example, in the construction industry, being a tradesman, tradesperson, not a tradesman, a tradesperson. There you go. So there you go, right? Uh, with like specific skills, like electrician is is highly prized, uh, you know, and pays well, very well. Yeah, I, absolutely. Especially these days, especially yeah. in California, where in demand you know, we cannot build enough homes. Yeah, indeed. And now we're building a high-speed rail line and. We've hired tens of thousands of workers to get that done in the Central Valley, for example, here. Yeah, people hmm. are high skilled labor is very in demand in the construction side right now. Yep. Anyway. All right. Yeah. I think it's your Shall line. We... Is it? Uh, hang on, I got to find the <laughs> script. <laughs> All right. That's it for the news. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll play a round of Half Full, Half Empty. We'll be right back. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. All right, we are back, and it's time to play Half Full, Half Empty, hosted by our very own Drew Jostad. Take it away, Drew. Drew. All right, some colleges are bringing back the requirement for the SAT and the ACT scores on your application. Are you half full or mm -hmm. half empty? I missed the story. Had you heard yeah, about Yeah, so... A lot of colleges had been getting rid of these scores for equity purposes, yeah. right? Um, but finding, I think, that grades are not a perfect substitute. Um, there's a lot of variation, mm -hmm. uh, of course, in grading, where you, depending on where you go to school, and, and some schools are bringing it back. Um, I am, I guess, I'm, uh, I haven't studied enough to figure out how I feel about this. Drew, tell, tell me more. Like, was it Dartmouth? Yeah. I'm trying to remember who, who did yeah, this Yeah, the, the headline this week was Dartmouth College. Um, from what I remember, it's... It's um, they were hoping that it would help equity in admissions, but it maybe seems to have gone the other way. 
hmm. since they made yeah. it optional. Interesting. The yeah, and of jury's course, out on uh, whether it helps, I guess. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, affirmative action um, has taken a, has been challenged, and um, so colleges are really kind of limited in what they can do to try to increase diversity. So yeah, I guess I'm half. I'm right down the middle. Is that an option? It's a tough one, right? Because you want a fair way to assess students across the board around the country. Because yes, t schools can vary dramatically, and the education folks have gotten can vary dramatically, and the grade systems can vary dramatically. But we know that the SAT, especially, has been not the best test for a very long time. So the question is, can we get that test improved enough so that it is a fair test and it is a fair assessment of skill and critical thinking and not just an assessment of who had the money to go to the school that knew how to teach you to the test. Right, it's, it's less a measure of, of knowledge than of advantage in some ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're still trying to figure out a fair way to do college admissions. That's a toughie, yeah. But I think I'm half empty until the SATs are a better way of assessing folks. Um, yeah. Good one, Drew. Right. Stump the host. Right, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> well, wait till you hear this one. Are you uh -oh. half full or half empty on bringing your own takeout boxes when dining out? Oh my gosh, is that happening? Wait, what? <laughs> empty takeout boxes. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully right. washed. No, that's just... Tell me more. Tell me so... more. Okay, yeah, tell us more. This was just a piece. I don't know that it's like a statistical trend or something, but it's a, it was an opinion piece in Eater advocating for people to try to save plastic and maybe save the restaurant's labor hours of having to stock all those to-go containers for their customers. All right, well, I am half full for sure because even though that sounds like a pain... Um, I have recently learned, Kai and I did uh, an interview on this show a while back about plastics, single-use plastics, and how even if it has a little recycle sign and a number on it, you can't necessarily recycle that plastic. And a lot of it, and that's, you know, mostly the takeout containers are made of this stuff that can't be recycled. And so yes. you're throwing it away, and or if you put it in your recycling, it's still going to get tossed eventually. And so... You know, we, we know about the harms of all this single-use plastic, so I guess I'm in favor of it. Um, but I'm the kind of person who's like, oh, I forgot the bags at the grocery store. You know, I can see myself not being the, the best uh, participant in this experiment, but I'm, I would like to. I have to stay half, half empty. It no, just seems like bad at it's bad etiquette. It's bad etiquette. You're showing up somewhere <laughs> going, you know what? I'm not gonna finish this meal because I gotta go someplace and I'm just gonna bring this. But it's to like go if you're back. ordering it just, takeout. It's, like it's weird... not like leftovers. Oh, oh I see. Like if you're ordering takeout, that's one thing. But if you're like at a restaurant sitting down, <laughs> please don't take I mean, I assume that's what I thought. And I'm like, no, don't do that. That's awful. Um oh, how about this? If you are sitting at a restaurant and yeah, like order smaller portions, or order one and share. Err on the small. Err on the side of ordering less to start with. Well, and I finishing yeah, I would fully what support that what too. your meal. Yeah, I thought that's what that was about. But if you're ordering takeout, 
But even then, though, like no, this is about this is work? about like doggy. This is about like a doggy. This is doggy bag, bags, like, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. So you, you were right. I was wrong. No, you you can't oh, take man. that. You can't do that. That is terrible etiquette. Restaurants should definitely not be putting things in unrecyclable containers. That's horrible. They, well, people bring their own do. coffee mugs to Starbucks. I mean, how is it really different? Starbucks is a coffee shop. When you're going to a <laughs> restaurant to a sit-down dinner, it's a different thing. And yeah, order smaller portions. Finish okay. your plate. How about provide you know, smaller portions? Because there's not that usually too. an option. Can I just get right? half Which is an why order share. for full price? Right. Yeah. Or just share a plate. You know, um, all right, we better move yeah, on. Happened. Yeah, sure. <laughs> We're this is going to get this. heated <laughs> on this February 19th. I wonder if we have Coca any comments. <laughs> Coca-Cola is coming out with a new flavor with raspberry and spice notes. Are you half full or half empty on a Coca-Cola spiced? Oh, man, I used to love a good cherry Coke. It's not that different. Mm. I'm I'm half full. Innovate people. I don't drink pop mm -mm. anyway. And I say pop, so don't at me. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to actually <laughs> at you. <laughs> yeah, I live with someone who constantly teases me pap. about it. Pop. <laughs> Can you say it the right way? I don't way, say pop. <laughs> say out of pop. No? Okay. Uh, no half empty on Ooh. any flavor other than original classic Coke. Cherry Coke tastes like cough medicine to me. <laughs> I can't stomach it, so I can't imagine some spiced concoction which i couldn't even follow all the ingre all the flavors you just mentioned drew so no <laughs> raspberry that's and no. something else yeah all right and spices no half empty please don't do that people all right next story this is uh reporting from the new york times on thursday australia's senate a passed a bill that will allow workers to ignore calls that come outside working hours without repercussions are you half full Ooh. or half empty? I wow, that's this. a law? By Ooh. law. I feel like I can't really weigh in on this without like triggering the, like, are you for or, or against less government regulation? I will say that I'm half full on, on employees get being given a pass to ignore after hours calls, because that just really is, is tough. Like especially if it's your boss, you feel like you can't really ignore it. And I've had mm. some sleepless nights because of calls like that. So I'm half full on the concept. Were you working here I don't know at if the it's time? the government's job. Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> um, really? Uh, so you're for it, but you don't, you maybe not as a law. Well, I don't know if government like, is the, if like a federal law is the, the right solution. How would you that, enforce that? I'm not gonna. Maybe through. I don't know. I think companies yeah. should just like say look we're not going to do this to you people unless it's an emergency yeah uh i think it's a good law uh because <laughs> a lot of uh, because there are plenty of employers out there who won't do the right thing until unless they're compelled we know this um uh we have a national labor relations board for this um and we have a bunch of labor laws i think it would, it's a it's a interesting experiment that australia is doing i think it's uh Really, I think it's a sign of the times, the post-pandemic times, when we're kind of reassessing our relationship with work in some ways. Um, and the Absolutely. idea that there should be a turn off, you know, there should be a time where you turn the switch off, right, and uh, do something else. And so I think it's, first of all, it's a very healthy way of working. And hopefully, if it is 
reg uh, something that is regulated, it can be implemented throughout the economy as opposed to each company having to decide, will we be at a competitive advantage or disadvantage if we do this or don't do this, if it's kind of a yeah. across the board. Well, thing. I, I, I can hear employers saying we need the flexibility, like we're, we got a business to run. This could be mm -hmm. extremely difficult to comply with. So, I mean, I, I kind of that's I guess why we don't have to we can just say half 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 full yeah, because I we'll yeah to agree I can to see disagree. both sides of the issue <laughs> all right I think this is the last right Drew is this the final correct. topic so those of you this in the YouTube the chat topic. you can vote uh, in exciting. our live poll hit it I'm excited are you half full <laughs> or half empty on people incorporating Taylor Swift into their Super Bowl bets I knew there was going to be a Taylor Swift question. I just I knew there was going to be a Super Bowl it. question. <laughs> like what? All right, Drew? so we, we'll hold us... off on yeah. Give us an example. Like, yeah, give us like some examples. Like betting so... on who she will sit with or what she's going to wear ah, to the Super Bowl. Interesting. All right. I saw. Well, a note, I, I'm going before I weigh in. I'm just gonna say yeah. like I'm a heartbroken Ravens fan, so I just like. Is you that just got to know just that uh. about what? <laughs> <laughs> that was, that I don't hurts. know anything about sports joke. That was violent. No, 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 it was just my Nova. sports <laughs> Well, I think there was a, some NFL official today, right? There was a quote saying something to the effect of they're so excited because Taylor Swift is bringing in all these eyeballs and interests that they legitimately don't think they would have had otherwise to this year's Super Bowl. Was that right, Drew? Did, did that happen today too? I don't know I about that. You don't? Probably. You don't know I'm about not, everything? I'm not, I'm not, uh, wasn't on the Taylor Swift beat today. Unbelievable. <laughs> what? How did you miss it? <laughs> I know. Uh, all right. So how, I heard something about we, we have 139 we, votes. We how much we, more time should I give it before or? I put a nail in this coffin? That sounds mm. like enough votes. All right. All right. I'm, I'm half empty. I'm tired of the whole thing. I'm just tired. You're tired? Ravens, Ravens notwithstanding. Uh. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's fine if people, if it makes it fun for people, that's great. I'm going to sit this one out. How about you, I'm Nova? half full. Half full. We are really I disagreeing knew you would be. today. I, I am know, half I think full we would be friends in real life, but like, I, I know, not right? in the show. Uh, not in the show, no. Uh, um, I think it's a cultural moment and it's a good thing. Uh, in a way, we're kind of bringing two cultural silos together, right? We have the kind of popular music silo that Swifties, and then you have, you know, the football fans and the, you know, and a lot of times there's too much air between our various interests, sometimes I think for a lot of people. I know almost nothing about football, I'll speak for myself. Um, and so I think this is a wonderful opportunity to kind of like, bring us together in a way. Uh, I think it's been a wonderful thing, this whole Taylor Swift NFL thing. Um, it's good well, for people. It's good for our culture. Well, that is just lovely. Let's just lovely it's really for you. Nice. <laughs> Plus the 49ers <laughs> are right, in so the game, so. so the votes are in. I have to say the majority is with me. Uh, Drew, do you usually really? read the results? They're or? usually with me. Drew, tell us, yeah, give us the numbers. Oh, I'm not on the YouTube, I don't Okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. Oh, I yeah. forgot how this works. <laughs> I usually Someone make Kimberly do all the, the heavy lifting. Okay, oh, really? so half empty, 68%. Yeah, yeah hmm. people. Half full, 31%. I guess more people are tired of it. Um, 
Yeah, but I mean, as I said, like have have fun. It's like we all need, we all need fun. And if you're into it, I think that's great. But why are folks not? Why are folks half empty? (laughs) I don't get it. It's very. That's for another episode. All right, that is it for us today. Kai and Kimberly will be back on Monday. In the meantime, if you've got a question or comment you want to share with us, leave us a voicemail at five zero eight U B Smart, or you can email Make Me Smart at Marketplace dot org. All right, Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeger. Today's episode was engineered by Charlton Thorpe. Our intern is Talia Menchaca. And the team behind our Friday game is Emily McCune and Antoinette Brock. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand. Both of those Are things. Are you going to watch on Sunday, Nova? Nah. Are you? Nah, I think I'll go skiing. Skiing? How nice. <laughs> I don't where, know. Where? Or something. Pennsylvania. Ooh, I love that state. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.